This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Want a great way to recognize your employees? Check out Custom Inc. Have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers? Custom Inc. can do that too. And wouldn't your team love some custom gear? Custom Inc. is ready. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Plus, everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com. Listen to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. What a night at Turf Moor. West Ham produced one of their best performances of the season to jump back into fifth and keep our European dream alive. We're now just three points behind Chelsea with a more favourable running. Surely we're allowed to get excited. Tonight we'll be talking about that game, the players and Everton on Sunday to include a call with Mark Wall before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham way. That's all coming up on tonight's show. X, what a performance and what a result. Yeah, mate, absolutely loved it. I thought we played really, really, really well. Some silky Brazilian stuff, I would say. At times, really, really sexy football. And I think when you've got a midfield that's made up of more sort of creative, um, you know, uh, attacking midfielders, that's what you get. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, as always, any West Ham game, it was a little bit tense at times and you weren't sure whether we were going to hold on or, or not. But um, yeah, great performance, mate. You know, people say, oh, it's only burnt. But Burnley are, on their day are a decent team. They, they beat Wolves, was it four 0 away or something the week before? So they're yeah. they're they're a decent team, and I thought it was a, a really really good performance. Let's put us right back in the in the hunt again. I really thought that was going to be a banana skin. Actually, I said it on last week's show, so I was over the moon to see what I saw. I mean, it's it's interesting because. I didn't think we played that well in the opening 15 minutes, to be honest. And I thought we was in for a tough night. But weirdly, their goal was the catalyst for what followed, which was 
brilliant passing, brilliant movement, solid work rate, and just outstanding quality on the ball. I mean, we completely controlled the game. The goals were quality too, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vlad's cross was superb, matched by Antonio's header. And that second goal, fuck me, like you said, it's like watching Brazil. Mm-hmm. The whole build-up to that second goal was different class. And that mm-hmm. assist from Ben Rama, oh my God, mm-hmm. outstanding. Do you know when he crossed that ball, there were seven Burnley players in the box? Mm-hmm. And it was- we... We had one, and he picked him out. It was such a good ball, mate. The way you know, the way it's curling towards the goal like that's so hard to defend. You know, because if you try and clear it, you're likely to slice it anywhere, even to your own net. So so hard to defend, and you know, Antonio's finish. People would say it was easy. It's put the plate to him. It wasn't that easy. You know, it was a delicate no. little flick. Was it? It's not as easy as it looks. And I think, you know, I think that was that was a great a great goal. And I just thought we really, really we should have won by more, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, really, really created opportunities. I thought what was so pleasing as well is that a couple of the fringe players, namely Ben Rama and um, Lanzini, absolutely stole the show. And that's really, yeah. really good with the four games um, remaining that those players that are fringe have done so well. Now, that is real like like I said, real a testament to the, the to Moyes and the fact that he's managed to keep that that morale and that team spirit alive because those two players came in, you know, could have potentially been a bit disgruntled before today, you know, not really been selected. I think Lanzini hadn't been selected for ten games or something, and mm. Ben Ramas was quite a bit. Um and you know, they could have been sulking and, you know, a wet a wet Monday night in Burnley isn't the most classic game for, you know, usual for, like, foreign imports and stuff. But I thought I thought the two of them were, were, were sensational um, and re- that's really, really good going into the remaining four games, especially mm. as other players start to come back as well. Yeah, absolutely. And they were incredible and we'll come to them again in a minute. But two goals from Antonio last night. It's so good to see him back, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's just so important. And you know what? I just wish in some ways, imagine it. I mean, it might not be at West Ham if that was the case, but imagine if he'd been a forward from the start of his career and also if he wasn't so injury prone. I mean, like what, yeah. what a player. He's just so, so dangerous. Like every time we're in the opposition's final third, I feel like with him on the pitch, there's a chance something can happen. You know, he's got everything really, you know, and he's not even, he's not even, dare I say it, technically that good. But because he's so pacey and so solid and so, you know, so direct, he just gets, he just, just does what a forward needs to do. You know, you don't have to be technically that skillful if you're scoring goals. Who gives a shit if you're going to come in from injury and score two goals? No one. You know, I think I think he was, you know, just having him back just gave us so much more of a proper system. You know, you have that one person that is your forward. You know, bless Bowen and Lingard when they've tried to play out there, but it's not the same. You know, it really isn't. And I just wish, I wish we'd had a replacement for him when he had been been injured um you know and, and we had had to rely on like a lair for example and then um and then Bowen or whoever in his absence because if we'd had a like for light replacement that was you know as good or just slightly not as good think what we could have done but anyway I just yeah love the man and I love his positivity and he's like yeah. upbeatness and he the sort of the additional factor that he brings to the to the team and I think that's what is so good about this squad right now and I've said it many a time is that the character of these people they all seem to get on so well and they all seem like positive happy good blokes 
Mm. You've hit the nail on the head. You've absolutely nailed that. And it's funny, you know, because when it comes to Antonio, <laughs> shooting outside the box, I mean, he's got to be one of the worst players in English football. But when it comes to running at defenders, getting in behind them and movement in the box, he's up there with the best of them. Absolutely brilliant from him again. And a full 90 minutes too. Great yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was impressive considering he had been out for so long. So, yeah. you know, he he like he was a bit of a surprise to be back for that game. I mean, I obviously said on the webinar and on the previous podcast and in tweets that he was had an outside chance and I, I just have to be very careful how I say things as you know mate I told you he was back for the for the Burnley yeah. game and, and yeah. you knew it and I knew it really but I can't turn around and say Antonio is back for the Burnley game because there's a reason like Moyes and other people sort of try to play it down and I don't want to be accused of helping the opposition side to sort of say enough but not too much but when I heard that he was going to be back there's just such a massive positive a positive because he um he's just so important to us and you know I hope I hope next season he can have a you know pre-season where he sorts out his hamstrings if possible although I don't think that is possible but it would be good if it was and he can play a full season for us he is going to be our all-time Premier League scorer um because you know I think he's only like a goal or something two goals off it um and he and he therefore goes down as a modern day of legends the right word but certainly a modern day hero Mm, without a shadow of a doubt Uh, Ben Rama has divided opinion since arriving at West Ham I've always backed him on this show and I think even last week I said he needs game time he got that last night and he was very impressive mate wasn't he Mm, yeah like him I've said the same Um, I think like I said I do agree with Moyes to an extent I do think he needs to improve his final product at times however he has more potential which I really like in a player I like that kind of unpredictability and the fact that he needs I think he does need to develop but that's not necessarily a bad thing because West Ham you know it's rare that you buy a finished product when you're not a top top side so the fact that he's got a little bit of room to go is exciting because you know he's only 23 I think 24 maybe and he's got a lot of time to really really improve um and I think yeah yesterday was his best performance I would say in a West Ham shirt I think he played quite well at Leeds away I seem to remember but certainly this is the best game in you know in a long while if not the best game and I think he I think he has to keep his place in my opinion for the next game on that performance mm. well the patrons had him as man of the match mm. um but, I mean, our midfield was crucial to that win last night. And one of the main orchestrators of that was my man of the match, Manuel Lanzini. I mean, how good was he? He was my man of the match as well, mate. Um, I think I thought he was brilliant. Really, really, really good. I thought he controlled the play. He got stuck in more than I thought he would. He read the game very, very well, created attacks, looked busy, was always sort of buzzing around and stuff. And he actually looked like he really, really wanted it, which was so pleasing. And I think, I think that that was really really a huge game for him because now you know you could look at him potentially being you know another replacement alongside Noble for that central midfield position based on that performance you know maybe he does need to start being a bit deeper than he has been in his previous careers um and so yeah I loved it for he played really really well and like you said he was my man of the match as well Mm. Well, David Moyes said something that I totally agree with. He said that since his injury, he's lost that explosiveness in his game and he should now accept 
that that's the case and concentrate on playing a deeper role yeah. where he's more effective. Um, considering he's been written off by West Ham fans, myself included, on numerous occasions, do you think he could potentially become a regular starter again? It's hard to say, isn't it? Because it is one game, you know, and everyone can play well once every 10 games or whatever. Um, and he hasn't played well for a while. I think Moyes is right. I think any explosive player that has a serious, serious injury like that does lose something because you lose that element of pace. But you also have that element of doubt that if you get a bad tackle when you're at full, you know, full swing, then you could do that injury again. So there's probably something psychological there. I would like to think he can. I'd like to think he can um, be one that could make that role his own. And that would, if he could, that'd be phenomenal because there's no doubt he's got the technical abilities to be world-class is the right word, but certainly a top, top level player as he proved when he was first with us. Um, and the fact that he's played for, you know, the Argentinian national side and stuff. Um, but I just need to see a bit more evidence before I can completely a hundred percent say that. Yeah, I mean, it does potentially solve a problem in terms of the squad depth for that central midfield position because we've said on numerous occasions, you know, if Deck or Tom get injured or suspended, we're fucked. But if Manu can come in and do a job as a deep-line playmaker, that's a big box ticked. But mm. also, I think you could argue that that deep-line role relates to full nows as well because I thought he was excellent. Mm, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think... <laughs> It does also depend on who you're playing as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if say, Tom and Deck are both fully fit and you're playing, say, a Man City, you might want Fournells, who has more defensive qualities to offer than Manu, for example. But if you're looking for an attacking midfielder out of the three to sit in between Deck and Tom, then you might go Lanzini. But mm-hmm. it's nice because you, you've got variation there. You've got choices that we probably didn't realise we had in that mm-hmm. position, which mm-hmm. is really good. But like I say, going back to Full Nows, I thought he was superb as well. We got a number of votes on the uh, Patreon man of the match. And it does now beg the question, X, do you stick with the side for Everton or make changes? Well, so, so just to talk about Fornells, before I answer that second bit, Fornells, I think, has been a bit of an unsung hero this year. Uh, he's not reached the top, top standards as the, you know, the likes of Rice and Suchek and of Bonner, maybe, um, but he's been a consistent player. I mean, he's fe- he must have featured, I don't know what the exact stats are. I know he missed one recently for injury, but he must have featured in pretty much all of our games this season, bar one or two. And, you know, he has got the odd goal, he has got the odd assist, and he always you know, I never, I never come away from a game thinking, oh god, four hours was shit today. I never think that. So that must mean, you know, sometimes I think he hasn't done that much. But mm-hmm. I think, like, you know, he's getting a steady seven out of ten uh, uh, or better each week. And I think he's a little bit of an unsung hero, like in that respect, that he never mm-hmm. gets the headlines. But whenever West Ham play well, he seems to contribute. And in terms of changing the side. It's difficult because I mean I don't want to say who I know's back and who I know's not because now I'm gonna have barely anything for, for my section if I do that. But um I know pretty much which players are gonna be back and which ones are not. But let's just go with assuming, right, that every player's back, they're not. But let's just go with that for hypothetical sake. I think whilst I always say don't change a, a winning team. 
for me, and it's a little bit harsh because I think he picked up massively um, in the second half, but I thought Diop was very dodgy at times in that first half. I think I would put in Ogbonna for him um, in, a, in a straight position swap. And then the uh, the other argument is Declan. And now I would actually potentially, and this is where it's going to be slightly controversial, potentially, Maybe if Declan was fit, um, where we going on the fact that he's a hundred percent fit, okay, and he's ready to play. I'd potentially consider resting Suchek for one game just because I think Suchek's played every single game, and you know he could maybe, you know, the team played so well it, in that with those other players that you could potentially bring Rice in for Suchek. But I'm not convinced. Not convinced on that. So it's a tricky one, isn't it? Really, I don't know the right answer. Oh, that's a big shout. That's a big shout. So, who would be starting over Tom then? Uh, Declan and and then um, Manu and Fornells. The same as it was against Burnley, but just right. but just Declan instead of Suchet. But that's really, really, really like not convinced on that ar- argument because I don't know if you saw that stat. Suchet won oh. something like thirteen aerial battles, which was or more than that, which was more than some clubs put together. Now, obviously, a central midfielder aerial battles are not the most essential thing for a central midfielder, but it shows how important he is at defending set plays and, and attacking set plays as well. Um, and I love Suchet. And I thought Suchet did play really, really, really well. Don't get me wrong. That's no reflection on him. Uh, to be honest with you, it's a re- I actually don't know what I would do, you know, because it's really hard because there's part of me that says, don't change a winning side. And then there's part of me that says, well, I was a bit unsure on the Europe, so you've got to change that one. And then part of me says, well, you keep the midfielders. It because the midfield did so well, but then you're leaving out, you know, your world class player who's also your captain. Um, so who will be who's buzzing to get back into the team? By the way, so you're gonna have he's gonna be like a like he was when he, you know, like he first broke in, have all that enthusiasm back because I've heard, you know, that he really sort of was desperate to get out there. Um, he, he was sort of buzzing last night and stuff, and I think I think it's really important that you almost use that as well. So I actually don't know. I don't know, mate. And that's why I'm not a football manager. Well, not at that level anyway. <laughs> Do you know what, mate? I don't blame you for not knowing because I don't. I don't mm. know. What, what's the right answer? Because I've always said if they're fully fit and they're in form, you've got to play your best players. And Declan is our best player. So as far as I'm concerned, we could have won 25-0 last night. Declan comes straight back in for me. Okay. Um, I think Suchek, whilst he played well against Burnley, hasn't been the same player without Declan. No. So I think putting them both back in together is a no-brainer. But then Lanzini, <laughs> see the, the trouble with the thing is Lanzini, he, he didn't just play well against Burnley. Apparently, he's been phenomenal in training. Yeah, and also what and this is where I always have this issue. What does that say to him? You know, his best game in absolutely you know ages. I would say it's his best game in years, and that's not an exaggeration. Uh, he was my man of the match, definitely, and yours. And then you're going to drop him. Yeah, and I just, I just think that that sense. I just don't agree with that kind of message. Like I'm all very much for you earn your place in the team, and and he's earned it on that. But then, like you said, Declan has been Mister, you know, Mister Best West Ham player over a course of two, three seasons, rather than just one game. So you got you've you've got that argument as well. So it is really, really hard. I'd almost be tempted to just say, right in training. Go out there, show me, show me what is my best team. And then if I get whatever I pick on Saturday, uh, sorry, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, what day is it? Sunday, isn't it? I think 
think it's Sunday, can't remember, but whatever day, whatever day the game is, um, you um, go out there, and if it's not working, then I'm going to have no hesitation bringing you off at half-time or whatever and putting on the other one that missed out. Mm. So I think it's just... Like, it's so hard. I, I don't know what he's going to do. It's so no. hard because, do you know what? Like, in my mind, I'm leaning towards leaving out full nails, but that doesn't sound right. No. You know, it's like... Deck and Tom have to start in the middle of the park. And if we are going to play three attacking midfielders behind Mickey, I, I, I don't think it can be Manu. And I, I, I don't think it can be Pablo. Well, you're not even talking about Bowen there. And I think no. Bowen's played well the last few games yeah. as well. I mean, I'm a big fan of Bowen. Mm. Big fan of Bowen. And, you know, if he doesn't play, we're going to miss his work rate massively. Because mm. I think um, his defensive work goes under the radar as well, actually. Yeah. An absolute workhorse. And he can make things happen going forward. But then again, you know, you just watch Benny. I don't even know if he'll, he'll work on the right wing, but I don't so know. So what, what are you doing with your three then? So you're, doing, you're saying Rice, Sue, Chet, Lingard, and who are the other two? Ben Rama and... See, yeah, this is this is where I'm struggling a little bit. Because the options, Lanzini, Fornells or Bowen, or like Mazuaki or something. Well, what, what I'm playing around with in my mind... Because I don't think Lanzini's a number 10, mm. it kind of rules him out. But I I feel a little bit uncomfortable dropping Pablo because I mm. do think he's just been so consistent for us. And like you say, he's been a seven or eight every week. But then mm. again, do you know what? Do you know what? I think you could argue, like I just did, that Fornells is better in a deep line position because one thing that I think he lacks is pace. Mm. Um, and for the same reasons as Lanzini, maybe he should... He belongs in central midfield. So, so maybe hard. And nobles. maybe based on that, it's picking itself then. So I'd go Tom and Deck, central midfield, um, Jesse, Ben Rama and Bowen. Okay, so that's interesting because, first of all, you brought Bowen in, who didn't even play against Boy. He came as a sub but didn't start the game against Burnley. Yeah. So he's he's come from like... Nowhere really. Well, not nowhere because he's played well before that. But see what I mean. And then you've and mm. then you've dropped Fornells, who's been consistent. You've dropped Lanzini after his best game, and we're not even talking about Noble either, who no. prior to being injured was playing quite well in there as well. Um, he wouldn't get back in it for me. But I'm just I'm no. just saying. Um, yeah. you know, and I think I think it's a real good position to have. There's us talking about not having options. Well. We have there clearly, and also, I mean, every, I mean, he's not, he wouldn't come in for me. Don't get me wrong, because he hasn't proven it. He hasn't got his chance. But I also think Connor Coventry is a good player as well. And you know, I'm not saying for one second he needs to come in now because the others have all proven it. And now is not the time to throw in a youngster that you're not, you know, you're not 100 sure on. But he is a good player, so you've got him as your ultimate sort of backup as well. Um, so yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? There are maybe there are more options than. I don't know. Let me credit it. You know what? It's an interesting conversation because I think everyone has different opinions on this. Because mm. you could also argue that when Fournells has played on the wing, we've seen some of our best performances. Yeah. But so it's not even as if he can't play on the wing. You know, he's done a very good job there. I think in my mind, I'm just so convinced that you need pace to play on the wing that if you don't have that, then you're not in the forefront of my mind to be placed on the wing. And yeah. I also do feel, like I've said a couple of times now, that him and Manu belong centrally rather than in that kind of um, in in that number ten role, mm-hmm. uh, unless unless Moisey goes with a, a, a flat three on Sunday. Well, the, 
well, the thing is, we, we're playing Everton, right? I mean, we, we have to, of all the teams, to go out and attack, in my opinion, it's them. You know, they've just lost at home to Aston Villa, haven't they? They're on a little mm. bit of a, 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 like, a not a great run. If they lose to us, they're pretty much ruled out of Champions League spot, at least, and which I think they probably are anyway, but they're ruled out of that, and they're struggling to get Europa spot as well, so we their confidence is going to be low. I think we have to go straight out of the blocks at them, you know, so I would go for a more attacking side against Everton than, he, mm. than Moyes has, and I think, you know, that was what's so pleasing about the Burnley game, you know, people talk about Moyes always sets up sort of quite defensively, quite negatively, but he didn't against Burnley, you know, know when that team came through and you know I heard about the team on Saturday although at first just out of interest the first I heard on Saturday was actually Bowen was in for for nows which was what I when I heard the team on Saturday so I have basically three sources on the team and actually um I sort of when I ask all three of them when I first heard the team they said to me on Saturday that um uh, but Bowen was in for Fornells, and I remember thinking, geez, that's well harsh on Fornells at the time. And I questioned, I said, is he injured? And he was like, no, our manager's decided that that's the, the, the manager decided that's the best formation. And then I messaged um, another source on Sunday, and, uh, and he said that it was Fornells and not Bowen. So I'm like, so I'm like, okay, right. And then obviously on the on the Monday, I um went with the the latter one because that was the most recent team I'd heard, which was the right one. So I don't know if in training they were umming and ahhing about that, but that does show that maybe even the manager wasn't entirely sure on what the best mm. 11 was um, and obviously he got it right and I got it right with the team I put out so it shows I'm not bullshitting because the team predicted team I put out was the correct team um, and so but as I said my, my the source that I usually use was had a different team on that so I reckon there might have been a bit of a it might have been a bit unsure right up until quite near the end as to which one he was going to go with yeah so your definition of attacking them would be a flat yeah. back forward with a central two yeah, and then yeah. three and we, then a one. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. So I would, I would, I think I would go again. We're assuming everyone's fit. Uh, I would go with Fabianski, Shafal, uh, Ogbonna, Dawson, Cresswell, and then I would. I just this I'm just so torn about the midfield. I really, really, I literally don't know what the right answer is. Antonio has to be in there. Lingard has to be in there. So that takes two out of the equation. And then everyone else. I mean, Rice is our best player. So in theory, he has to come back in. Um, and then and then everyone else I'm a bit undecided on. And that seems ridiculous because Suchek's have been amazing as well. But I'm just going on the fact that how good Lanzini was in the last game. So it's, mm, it is, it really, really hard, is a good dilemma. And what we, it'd be worth putting it out to, you know, the patrons to put comments underneath, underneath this podcast as to what, what they would do, yeah. what their midfield would do and see what the most common answer is, because it's very rare that I don't think I would, I don't know entirely what I would do right now, but, um, but this is the case. It might also be worth listening to your data analysts. You know, those, the scouts, or I don't know if we have scouts, but the people who have looked at Everton and, and getting their opinion, you know, and saying, right, their midfield's likely to be, this player and the other player, which player, in your opinion, is going to be the best fit to go against that player? I'm almost getting the second opinion on them yeah. from them. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Because it's you can make a case for yeah, every definitely. single one of them. You know, 
I'm sure. I'm sure there are people listening to this screaming at the podcast, saying, "Dave, how the fuck can you well, just same with me with suits, you know what, mate? I mean, uh, yeah, but I, you know what? And we can't argue no. against that. It's it's difficult because I don't think there's a a wrong no. answer. You know, it's, it's just it's just about opinions. I think you're right. We do have to attack them, I and if we're playing a number ten, based on my gut feeling, I, I'm just I'm just not sure I can fit Pablo in, and it, and it feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking hell. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Mad. Good good um, position to be in, no, mate? Very good. Very good. Yeah, absolutely. I want to go back to that stat about Tom, because I was going to mention this. Mm. I think most people have seen it, and it is an incredible stat. So for those that haven't, I've got the specifics of it here. So this weekend, collectively, the players from the following clubs won the following amount of aerial jewels. So Sheffield United, eight. Everton, Chelsea and Arsenal, 11. Fulham and Newcastle, 12. Leeds and Tottenham, 13. Burnley, 15. Aston Villa, 16. And Thomas Suchek, on his own, won 17. Mm. And that is a new Premier League record for most amount of aerial jewels won by a single player, is which it? is phenomenal. It's, it's weird, though, isn't it? Because it's like he's, he's in midfield. You see what I mean? Like if it was a centre-back that was dealing with a load of, you know, play against like old-school Wimbledon or whatever, and people were just pumping the ball into the box, you can yeah. understand it. Or if it was a forward, you know, like Andy Carroll maybe, that you were pumping the ball up to, you can understand it. But, you know, being in central midfield, you don't have to challenge that much for headers. But it's obviously, I guess, from set plays, there must have been quite a few that he won. Um, and then maybe the odd clearance and stuff that fell in that area. But... Yeah, he's a great start. I mean, look, what a signing he's been. You know, the, the fact that we got him and Shafal, um for collectively around 20 million, you know, is just unbelievable. Not just in terms of their ability, but in what they've brought in terms of their personality. When you pick Hammer of the Year, he's such a strong, strong case for many. And another one with a real outside shot at it is Shafal. I mean, what yeah. really, what really has he done wrong? Since he's been in the West Ham shirt, he's been absolutely sensational. I love him. I think he's one of the best right-backs we've had in a, a long, long time. Yeah. Probably since well, you, I think Lucas Neal was a good right back. People underestimate him. And then the man before that, who hopefully is our podcast guest this week, I'm not going to say his name just in case he doesn't turn up, but is uh, was a good one. But I can't think of many others that are that great. You know, Tim Breaker back in the 90s, but he, I, I just love him. I thought he's got everything. For me, he's you know solid. He's direct. He's strong in the tackle. He doesn't take any shit. When he gets kicked, he gets up. Um, He puts good crosses in. You know, how much has our season this year improved with our crossing? But not even That's just good. that. Both ends. Crossing, as in an attacking cross and defending crossing. Last mm. season, we were at fault constantly from, like, consistent seeding from crosses going into the box and he just stops it and it doesn't seem to matter what type of winger he comes against you know if he comes against a really pacey one he seems to be able to deal with them if he comes with a tricky one that cuts in seems to be able to deal with them he seems to be able to deal with everyone and you know mate we picked him up for like five six million you know Mm. absolute brilliant signing and i mean you know, if he was to win Hammer of the Year, he wouldn't necessarily be my choice if, I, if I'm if i picking. But if he won it, I would be, yeah, fair play, deserves it. Absolutely. He's got to be up there, you're quite right, with a number of others. Mm. And, you know, Thierry Henry compared him to Zabaleta, mm. and I think that's spot on. I think yeah. that's spot on. He really reminds me of Zabaleta, a prime Zabaleta as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I love him. I absolutely love him. And do you know what? He's another player that you can rely on. 
and you can yeah. trust. He never makes mistakes. No. Uh, he's always switched on, always motivated, always gives his heart and soul for West Ham, which in itself makes him a lovable character. Mm. And he's got quality. Like mm. you say, he's strong in a tackle. He gets stuck in. But he's got a, a cross on him as well. I absolutely mm. love him. And, you know, you say in and around 20 million for the pair, fucking hell, I mean, that, that is some business, that is. I mean, mm. what do you think they'd be worth individually now? Well, I'd say probably individually worth more than what they were collectively. I mean, you've got to think Chaffel, you know, right backs don't tend to go for as much as a, a midfielder, say, but would you take um, less than 20, 25 million for him? I don't think no, I would. Absolutely uh, but, because who are you going to sign that's going to be um, better than him? No exactly. one. So, I mean, I think he's what, 27, 28, is he maybe something like that? So he's at his peak. So I would say he's worth 25, 30 million. And that, and I'd, even then, I don't think I'd take it. And then Suchek, you know, already clubs like Bayern Munich. Um, and a few other bigger clubs are looking at him. You know, they're not, not, with much concrete interest, I don't think, but from a, from afar, you know, realistically in the modern market, you, I mean, you're going to be talking about 45, 50, if not more for him, mm. you know? So if you think West Ham are valuing Declan at like 80 million, well, I wouldn't say he's as good as Declan and I'd rather keep Declan if I had to out the two, but he's still going to be worth 50, 55, 60, something like that. Yeah. Well, if he played for Bayern Munich now, that's what he would be worth. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, if he was doing what he's doing for West Ham, for Man City, say, you'd yeah. say, oh, he's class, world-class player. You know, so, yeah, yeah. Um, unbelievable business. And th- and this is why, and as as many times, many times, we've said on the show since we've done this podcast, it's not just about ability, it's about personality and character. And I think that's what is so good about those two. They just seem to love each other they seem to love playing for West Ham they just seem to love football they seem to be both good blokes you know they've both got a steady home life they're both married with kids and stuff um so they're very stable in their life they don't appear to be the sort of people you know they're going to be going out getting smashed at four or five in the morning snorking snorting a line off some hooker's ass do you know what I mean they look like they're oh! <laughs> unlike us um, but, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah like, I don't think I don't think they're that type of people i think that really really helps as well just very settled very grounded very appreciative of what they've what they've got as um as footballers and i think i love i love both of them i think they're just great great players and great yeah. people yeah we're lucky to have them um mm. great i mean man. if you was to do you know you do your we, we always do an alternative you know, awards at the end of the season, don't we? So we yeah. always do, we do your hammer of the year, but we also do your most improved play, your goal of the season, your signing of the season, um, you know, those sorts of things. It's going to be so hard to pick because, you know, you you, you look at you going for your, your, your player of the season. I mean, that's hard enough as it is. Most improved player, I guess. You've got to go with Cresswell, I would say, probably mm. has got to be it. But then there's others you could argue. I mean, Dawson, you could argue, even though he wasn't with us last season in terms of what we thought we were getting, so what we ended up getting, you know. Um, I think Fonals, you know, has been much more useful this season. Yeah. Um, you know, signing of the season, you know, so you got Suchek, which I know he was there last year, but permanent signing, Shafal, Dawson, you know, there's mm. like, you know, That's it's really just interesting, isn't it? It is, you know, it's really, really hard to, hard to choose. Mm. Well, we've got a massive game this Sunday X against Everton. Arguably the hardest game we have left, by the way. Are you confident? Yeah. 
Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I think I think they're off form. I think if we play anywhere like what we played yesterday, then we've got a strong chance of beating them. We've just got to go out there, know we're the better team, know that they're off form, just go out there and attack them right from the start, make sure we get a lead, sort ourselves out defensively so we're not shitting ourselves for the rest of the game. And I think we'll win it. I really do. I really feel like we've got a serious strong chance of fourth place. Um, and it's unbelievable to say that. I know it's obvious with the league table, but in terms of the games, you know, you look at Chelsea's running, Chelsea's running is hard. They've got to play Man City. I think in that they might even be playing Leicester possibly or someone. They've got hard fixtures. You know, Liverpool have got a decent set of fixtures. Um, so, you know, he, it could be unfortunately them that sneak in, but either way, we have got a real strong chance of this now. You know, our remaining fixtures, while they Everton, Brighton, West Brom, Southampton, I mean, geez, you'd take that, wouldn't you? Going for, you know, four games that you needed to win. Um, we just got to go for it and fuck me if we can do this and get Champions League football. Unbelievable. And I say stuff of dreams and it's not an exaggeration. It is a stuff of dreams because I've said to my mates, you know, that are Chelsea fans, Arsenal fans, Man United, you know, all the all bigger teams in West Ham, you know, you guys don't even, you know, if you finish fourth, you see that as a bad season. I say I'd give anything to watch Champions League football at West Ham or to be able to go to a West Ham away day in the Champions League. I've never experienced it. I never I thought I would and if we can my gosh unbelievable yeah well it's a massive result against Burnley massive mm, you mm. know like I said I think that could have been a banana skin for us but that yeah. was massive and this is massive on Sunday mm. um and earlier on I got our favorite Evertonian hammer on the dog and bone to get his thoughts on the game and where he thinks we'll finish this season here's Mark Wald if they can keep the Charleston quiet and uh you know, I think he's the he's the main danger really. Um, Calvert Lewin's gone off the ball a bit, but you know Everton there for the taking because they they got they got beat at home against Villa, and they dropped points in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, West Ham are the form team, and I, I expect them to win it. Mm. What's your score prediction for Sandy, mate? I am gonna go. He's on fire, isn't he, Antonio? Yeah. Uh, I think he's found his position, Dave, because I remember me and you speaking years ago, and I was saying how unfit he was. Uh, and I spoke to a couple of the coaches at West Ham who'd said like he had one burst and then he took a while to, to recover mm. and that was that was part of his game because I just looked at his game after that and I thought you know when he was playing in them wide positions and he was doing them long busting uh, you know I played in that position and you've got to be very very fit especially at the top level to be, be doing that for 90 minutes and I think that mm. was the big big plus in my, in my game really and I think he's found his niece now Playing central, not as much uh, than long, long burst and runs, and he can finish, mate. He's a great finisher, isn't he? Mm, he is, mate. He is. He's a real handful for defenders. Real handful. Yeah, and, and his strength, really. You know, you see them playing in games, and they just bounce off him, don't they? Yeah. Oh, he's he's a lump, mate. He's a proper unit, yeah. Mickey. Proper. Yeah. And he and he's just so quick. I mean, you know, we've often said it's funny, you know. Defenders can't predict what he's going to do because I don't think Mickey knows what he's going to do. He's so unorthodox, you know. Um, he's, he's a real handful. And that's why he's a danger. And, uh, you know, he could have had three or four apparently last night. And uh, mm. But I'm looking forward to the game and just the pity that we can't be there, mate. And, uh, you know, I, I feel so sad for the West Ham fans uh, that they haven't been able to take on board this 
unbelievable season because the last time it, this this come round, mate, I was involved with all that yeah. in '86, where we were, you know, right up to the last game of the season, no one knew who's going to win the win the title. Now mm. it's a different uh, scenario where it's you know fourth place is a massive. It's a massive uh, achievement if they can get into Europe, you know what I mean, and the, and the Champions League. So I think Moise has got them, got them at it, and uh, that is a great, uh, great thing to play for 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 the fans and for, for the players for them to play in, the, in Europe next season. Mm. Give us your score prediction for Sunday. I am going to go. Everton is struggling at the moment uh, of late. I'm going to go for a two-nil win for West Ham. Nice, nice. Uh, I've done. I've done a thing in the programme. Uh, that's a little thing that they've been doing. Um, I think Tony done it. Tony Gale done it for the Fulham game, and I think TC done it for the Leicester game or something. And it's just like your best ever eleven you played with. So, you know, the fans get the programme. They're able to see that because uh, I played with some great players, and there's, most of them are West Ham players anyway. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it is a very impressive starting eleven. I have to say, very impressive. You really yeah, have played with some good players. I think you've asked me before at our events that, uh, and it, sometimes you miss out, you miss out players that you forget about. You know what I mean? And uh, mm. I just picked this, uh, a formation, and uh, I think it, that side would beat anything. You know what I mean? Uh, anyone? It was, uh, it's, it is a very, very good team. Mm. Where do you think we'll finish, Waldy? Well, my heart says fourth, but I'm just thinking. Listen, it's it's great that Chelsea's still involved in Europe, and I looked at the running from all the teams. Liverpool's still not out of it. Because obviously they need to finish fourth, don't need to, to qualify now yeah. uh, for the Champions League because mm. they're out of it. So I think uh, I think we just might finish fifth. I don't know. Um, it'd be great if it's fourth. Listen, the, the last game of the season. I hope it goes to that last game because it'll be a fantastic day out for the fans. Mm. You know, the, look, the, the ones lucky enough to get a ticket mm. uh, or an invite, and then I know if I'm not at the game, I'll be in some booze somewhere with all my mates. I'm cheering them on, cheering them on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't be the only one, mate, that's for sure. Waldy, that's brilliant, mate. Thanks, pal. Not a problem, Dave. Well, X, I've got to say, I'm with Waldy. I'm going for a 2 0 win. What are you saying? Oh, it's going to be boring if I say the same, isn't it? Because that was actually my gut feeling, to be honest with you. Um, oh, I can't say the same. That's boring. Uh, okay, let's go 3 1, then still two goal difference. But let's go with 3 1. Let's go with. Uh, I don't know. We score. We go one nil up. We go two nil up. They go two one. We go three one. Antonio scores. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll go with that. There you go. A bit more detail. Well, I think with a two nil win, I think we'll start with a one nil lead, and then we'll get a two nil lead. Really? How did you work that out? <laughs> no it's just a gut feeling. It's just no, a gut feeling. No wonder you're so good at this prediction league, mate. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, speaking of predictions, oh, I bet you, God, I I bet you thought you made some ground on me last night when you called a 2-1 win, didn't you? Mate, I was absolutely buzzing because I know when we had our Patreon thing that yeah. I that you, when we do our predictions, I'd put 2-1 and you'd put 1-all. So when it finished 2-1, I was like, get in. That's a big, that's a big, a big comeback. So I go in to see what's happened and shock Dave has 2-1 and I'm like what the fuck why has he done that he said it's going to be one all why has he put 2-1 and he said he changed it last minute or something hey, do you know what right this is how terrible I am at predicting West Ham these days okay I got it right last night but generally speaking I just never know what to expect from West Ham and I'll let you into a little secret yeah on Patreon I predicted uh, one all. I think 
I actually thought we'd lose the game. I actually right. predicted on the predictions league that we'd lose 2-1. Right. It shows how much I fucking know. But literally, as the players were walking out of the tunnel to go on the pitch, something just switched in me. And I and I just had this gut feeling that actually we were going to win. So as they were crossing that white line, I switched it to two one. Thank God I did because you'd have got you'd have got hundred points on me there. Really, hundred points. Good, and that would have made it really interesting. You said I'd have been about what hundred and eighty or something behind you, something like that. And well, I'll been... tell you, I'll tell you, mate, um, because those predictions saw me finish the week with one hundred and eighty-seven points. X finished with one hundred and eighty leaving the oh. total difference of 315 points between us. So, yeah, if you'd taken 100 points off that, 215 with four games to go, it's a big ask. But, yeah. it's, not an, but it's not an impossible ask. No, no. I, I think mean, I, yeah, it's, I think, it's, it's fair to say that the champagne's on ice at the moment. I'm going to say, I think, I think, yeah, I think you can book the open top bus, to be fair. <laughs> but I it's not it, over yet. It's not no, over yet. No, it's not. But it's going to yeah. take one monumentous comeback, man. Yeah, it will. I mean, I've I've been on my open top bus um for the fancy league since about <laughs> October. So I'm glad you fi- glad you finally got there. But uh, I love the fact that you're still clinging on to that. Mate, and I'll be honest with you, I've actually forgot to do the team the last two or three weeks because I've kind of been more focused on the score prediction one, and I still beat you. So, uh, <laughs> so I'll take it. Yeah, so it's yeah, going to be. It's like it's going to be one all at the end of the year. One all. Oh fucking! This was your whole fucking reason for dragging me into that it's two know. games mate well you won one i won the other yeah but then i've won a predictions league potentially two years running which is pretty special i've got yeah, so all right so maybe in total you're one ahead of me but <laughs> but next next year will be different when the crowds are back in don't forget you've had predictions <laughs> twice in two seasons where it's all been chaotic who would have said that west ham are going to finish fourth this year potentially let's be honest well, people that know their football, you know, no, like I say, no, I've, no, I've been no. predicting it, I've been calling it, you know. Mate, you've been calling for Moyes to be sacked, and now you're saying, <laughs> I know, I know you're calling for West Ham to win, to get champions. There you go, make your mind up, son. <laughs> yeah, but listen, like I say, you know, it's not over yet, but I think you're going to need some horrendous weeks from me and some magnificent weeks from you to pull this round. The most annoying thing is when you do the predictions, because you can only see what you've predicted, like yeah. each round or where, each game, sorry. And when I think, right, okay, I've I've, I've gone for 2-0 or whatever, and I look and you've gone for 2-0, I'm like, for fuck's sake. That's yeah. almost like, you know, tactical now. I mean, not that you can, because that would be cheating, but if you knew what score I was going through for now, with as you've won, you could just literally go for everything that I went for, and it yeah. wouldn't even matter. Like, even if I got minus 300 or whatever, I know you don't care about where you finish, just about beating me. So, <laughs> so like, you'd still win it that way, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's annoying. I'm, yeah, I'm disappointed. But like I say, two freak seasons. Let's go again next season. Well, mate, like I said, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it, X, as you can imagine. You know, if yeah, I get right. the win for a second year in a row, I, I think I'll barely mention it. Yeah, you've mentioned it every single week when no one's interested apart from yourself. Um, and a week, you one week you forget to mention it is the week that I actually beat you. Um, but uh, do, yeah, do, you know the, that. do you know the random thing as well? Like, obviously, it's in the West Ham. The West Ham way Gmail is when, like, I get a notification to tell me that someone signed up to play the game. And I don't know if there's, like, a bot or something, but we had two people <laughs> sign up this week. 
Yeah, no, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. I've why been would you, why, do, why do they do that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, like, and we don't charge them, obviously. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, it's difficult. I mean, obviously, you can still win, like you know, the highest amount of points per week. And maybe if you and your mate listen to the show but don't play, and then you join together, maybe, and then you have a bit of banter between yourselves for the last few weeks. I don't know, but yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's good to see people still joining. I'm just, it's going to take one hell of an effort to get anywhere near the top ten now, but um, yeah. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's good. It's good fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, mate. Well, yeah. Especially, you know, with my overwhelming success. Say, mate, there is no way I'm going to quote you on this. There is no way if I ever, ever beat you, you will say you still enjoy this. <laughs> the, well, no, be the you. beauty of winning it two years in a row is that if you win next season, I'll always be able to pull out my pocket. Well, it's 2-1. Well, no, it's too old with some fantasy. No, no, you're not having the fantasy I league. Stop playing that after six fucking weeks. Well, that's your fault, isn't it? I didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, it's that time again. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way Podcast Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frames. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hon, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a Vision Center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a drama coach to be an IT guy. Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again. This time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.